Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com here with a name you know. We spoke to him about this time last year. Things are a lot different for him now. We got Mike Bennett. How you talk? How are you doing, man? Uh, you know, I, like I said to you earlier, I'm alive. I'm vaccinated. I'm yes. ready to take over the world. I feel like Superman right now. And things are way, way different than the last time that we spoke on camera, at least. Like, not only are you back in Ring of Honor, you've got a new Ring of Honor contract. Looks like you're going to be there a while. How are you feeling? You know, man, I feel good. Um, I was in a different place too. When I talked to you, I feel like I was still upbeat, positive. Um, but I was, it was scary back then. Nobody knew, like, I felt like the world was coming to an end. I just gotten fired. And like, you're kind of like, what is wrestling going to look like going forward? I, I think we talked about it too. Like I had no clue what the industry was even if, you know, if Indies were going to run, if ring of honor was going to start back up, what AEW was doing. So it's like knowing what I know now, I, I probably panicked a little bit, you know, I'm human. I might've panicked, um, but it's, you know, I'm glad I'm in a better place now. I'm excited. I'm happy that ring of honor is back and running. So like uh, sometimes time is the best medicine. Yeah. And I mean, time, I mean, it almost freshened up your, your ring of honor runs, so to speak, you're back. And we, we saw a very emotional moment when you returned. What was that like? Because, I mean, obviously, when, when you're at Ring of Honor, you got to go through a bubble. It is very, very strict. Like, I think Ring of Honor probably handled it better than anybody. What's it like when some of some old people or new people are like, oh, he's back now? You know, it was I, – I was kind of um, – I was curious to see how I would feel. Because, like you said, there's no crowd. We're very strict. 
um and like very strict even and like things have like loosened up a little but at that moment we were like super strict where it was like all right these are the matches that are allowed at the building at this time then you'll be shuttled back to the hotel so it was very like um you know very produced and very like that so it's like is this going to feel organic? Is it going to feel special? But I'll tell you what, man, the minute my music hit hearing that thing again, I was like, Ooh, Ooh, that's like, that just, it gives me chills. And like then getting in there and seeing Taven and being just with the ring of honor apron and just seeing the logo. It was one of those things where I was like, okay, there's a little, it's, it's allergies. I'm not crying. I swear. <laughs> um, but it was, it, it definitely hit me after everything. I kind of went through the past three years at WWE and then being so welcome back. It was just like, this is really cool. And it was just as emotional as I thought it would be, which was neat. And, and Ring of Honor, of course, has experienced plenty of change in their own in, the, in that period. I mean, was there anybody there that maybe you didn't expect to see that you saw or familiar faces that you ran into that you were just happy to, to encounter again? Or, or you're like, oh, I got to deal with this person again? Um, I mean, you know, you've kind of known me for a while now. I'm, I don't really dislike people. Um, so for me, it was just kind of like, get everybody, give me a hug. Yeah. Everyone come in seeing like Jay Briscoe. I don't want to blow his cover, but like, I think I embraced that man for like five minutes straight <laughs> and just didn't let him go. Mark the same thing, but you know, it was, it felt like a family reunion. It was like, which was really, really cool for me because I had felt like, I felt like an outsider in wrestling, especially in the pandemic, not knowing what to do. And then everyone just kind of being like, no, you were here for five years. You're one of us. Like, get over here. Let's bring it in. And let's just kind of start out, start it out like nothing, like you never left. And it was, um, it sounds hokey. It sounds corny, but it was really a cool moment. It's wild to think it was only five years too, because it was such an integral part of your career. It felt like it was, it felt like you were there for like 10 years and you had done so much there. Not, not to put a damper on things, but you did get injured pretty quickly after that. How were you, how were you feeling when you were sidelined a little bit? Fortunately, it didn't keep you out of the ring like super long, but, but we had I'm heard good, that there, there was a bit of an injury. I'm good. I feel healthy. I feel good to go. Um, I just, like, I actually feel the best I've ever felt right now in wrestling, which is crazy. At 35, you'd think I would kind of be on a downward slope. Like Maria said to me the other day, she's like, Hey, you kind of got three years off to rest up. So you, you, you kind of added three years to your career. I was like, that's a great way to look at it. Um, no, I I've started training differently. Like I'm not trying to lift like a brother anymore. I'm trying to like actually do functional training so I can actually, you know, look like an athlete and be an athlete. So I feel, I genuinely feel probably the best I've ever felt in my career, which is weird that I, I wrestled at 15 and at 35, I feel the best I've ever felt. Well, we've heard Christian Cage say that recently too. And he's like, man, you know, it's not optimal to take seven years off. And he was like, but at the pace that I went, maybe it was. So, yeah. I mean, I, when, when you're I working the true. ring of honor style for five straight years and you get some time to recuperate, I mean, yeah. that, that's got you feeling pretty good. Yeah. And like you said, the ring of honor style specifically, and I know a lot of that style is kind of like uh, leaking into everyday wrestling and modern wrestling and popular wrestling. But at that time it wasn't. And at that time you, you weren't just going on the pay-per-views. You weren't just going at TV. You were going at the house shows. You were going at everything because everyone was watching. Every moment was a moment to kind of prove to the crowd that you're the next guy or you're the next star. And not only that, but when you're in a locker room with the Young Bucks and AJ Styles and the Briscoes and Jay Lethal, you have to go every night or you're going to get left behind. Well, apparently things are going pretty well. It had been mentioned before you had an agreement with, with ROH through June, but then it emerged recently, new contract. I mean, 
Well, and that's got to feel good because that means that they they liked the way that things were going. And the fact that you re-signed uh, indicates that you like the way things are going. Although in the past, there may have been some re-signings where you didn't like the way things were going. But this seems to be working out for everybody. <laughs> I would never do that. That doesn't sound <laughs> like me at all. Um, no, this, yeah, this is kind of one of those mutual agreements where it was like, we wanted to get something done and crazy. They wanted to get something yes. done. We were like, Oh, this is what happens when two people want to work together. Great. It wasn't like trying to pull teeth. And so when we discussed it, like you said, early on, it was one of those things where it was like, Hey, you haven't been here in a while. We're still in a pandemic. Let's have like a grace period to figure yeah. out if we both want to do it. I was like, totally understand. I went in, I went balls to the wall. I, I knew that that's where I wanted to be. So I was like, I'm just going to commit everything to them to show them that. And I think they saw that and they were like, yeah, you know, we kind of feel the same way. So then at that point, we just kind of sat down and it was, this might've been the easiest negotiation I've ever had in my life, which I just, at this point in my career, I'm so thankful for. Do you want to give us any length amounts, dollar amounts, your social security number, your mother's maiden name, their, your first will, yeah. pet, the street they lived on. Any any information like that you want to give us? Yes, I will give you my two kids. You can have them. No, um, <laughs> so uh, I, I'll tell you. So the length is it's definitely till the end of this year. Okay. And then um, most likely an extra year after that. Okay. Um, but okay. there's a ton of wiggle room for renegotiation for length and whatever. So like I said, we're in the middle of a pandemic and I want to be there. And they want me there. So I'm willing to go and maneuver around every which way. Because at this point in my career, I'm just going to go where I'm happy. And the ring of honor is what's making me happy at the point. So it's like, if they come to me and they're like, hey, we need to hold off on this or we, we need to do this. I'm all on board because I want to be the ring of honor guy. Like that's kind of where I'm at in my career. I think uh, ROH did a lot of good for themselves and how they treated their talent during the pandemic because it was universally positive. A guy like Sledge, for example, who I interviewed, people did not know that he was signed because he signed right before the pandemic, didn't get to technically debut for a full year, and they're like, no, we believe in you, we believed in you then, and we're going to re-sign you again. The way that they're taking care of you guys, how, how stringent they were, that's, I mean, that's got to speak volumes not to not to crap on anybody else but i mean this company really went above and beyond to show their wrestlers that they cared yeah and man i think that's a big reason why i'm willing to kind of work with them on whatever they want um not just for me but like i i'm a bay i i believe we're all in this together i believe all the rest like i consider them family i don't have any friends outside of wrestling i know yeah. that's probably something i shouldn't brag about but i <laughs> all my friends are in wrestling so when i sat back and i saw that they were taking care of my friends and they were taking care of people that had just signed even some of the people that there are some people they and it, a lot of people might not know this there were some people they signed overseas that hadn't yep. even ha had to got the chance to have a match yet and they got stuck overseas they still paid them Yep. I just think at a point, like we're going to look back at this pandemic and we're going to think, all right, a lot of crap went down. A lot of things happened. Let's look at the people who did it right, because this is a once in a lifetime deal. And we're going to look at it and go, wow, at this moment, at this time, Ring of Honor put these people over their profit. And I just think at this moment, we should talk about it because I think it's really cool. And so for me, it was like, okay, you're willing to work with me, then I'm absolutely willing to work with you. And let's figure this out because there will come a point where all this crap ends and we can just kind of go on with what we've been doing before. 
Yeah, and and some of those people are are really really big personalities like Session Moth Martina and yes. Joe Hendry, who I just think is such an entertaining guy in general. There are so many really really good personalities that they're bringing in, but unfortunately, can't be here. Is there anybody that you're looking at and you're like, oh, they got here after I left? I can't wait to get in the ring with them. You know who's one of them? Um, he's he's been there though. Is uh, um, Tony Deppin. I, I mean, I've I've been digging his stuff on the indies, and now that he's there and actually gotten to interact with him backstage, I'm just like, oh god, I want to get in there with Roosh too, uh, Brody King, and and someone who I'm supposed to have a title match against, and I don't know when it's going to happen is Chris Dickinson. We've been oh, wow. talking about working each other for the longest time, and it just keeps getting put off. I know I know Marquez is dying to get that match, but yeah. now we're in one place, we're in the other. Hopefully, we can just keep. Maybe we can have like this best of seven series. I'm throwing that out there because I don't care. And now, I mean, there are people that were there like Shane Taylor, who is in a much different place now than he was then. Like, he was always a bad dude. But, I mean, you see that confidence that he's showing now where he realizes he's like the baddest dude out there. And, like, there's a lot of growth that maybe you saw from a distance, but you didn't get to see firsthand. Is there anybody that, that like, when you came back, you were like, oh, I'm liking what they're doing now. Like, you see the, the leaps they've made. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought up Shane because, uh, truthfully, he's one of the guys that I probably talk to the most when we're backstage, kind of in the bubble. Like, we just vibe off each other, and we just always talk about it. Like, I love his attitude. I love how he just – he's unapologetic. But at the end of the day, he's a really good dude, too. And we just kind of connect on that level. I would love to get in there with him. But truthfully, one of the people that I was most excited to work with was Vinny because or Vincent I'm sorry Um, because like I had seen his trajectory I I had helped train him he's always been a buddy of mine and to see him finally like he's always had the tattoos he's always been in and out of weird type of gimmicks trying to find his own he's finally found it and he's settled in and like to see him kind of grow has been really cool not just from like a a professional standpoint from a personal standpoint because it's been amazing for me and this last match he had against Taven um at the PAL hall that kind of cinematic fight I was blown away I told him I was like Vinny that was a that was a star making performance and you should be proud of that it was like he's really finding his legs in this industry and it's awesome to watch and ROH yeah. isn't the only place that, that you worked. You worked on Talking Shopamania. Oh boy. Oh boy. Throwing up the X. <laughs> How did you get roped into that? How do you think? I mean, come on. All <laughs> Gallows takes- and Anderson can talk anybody into anything. All it talks is one call from good brother. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever you want me to do, because I adore the two of you. And so if it means I got to drive in the backwoods of Georgia to come to your house and, and sell pills and have my wife kind of dance in a bikini, I'm all on board. And you know what, man, it was, I, 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 again, I adore those two. I will do anything for them. Probably like half the, the wrestling world would do anything for them. So um, that's how it came about. Carl called me. What are we doing? Cool. I'll be there. First first match back after a release and you're you're yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I threw myself out of the battle royal. Yes. That's the first time. And that came about because I was watching it and all of a sudden Carl goes, You wanna jump in? I was like, Yeah. And I just ran out and threw myself out. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Those are terrible. I hope I, I hope we see a lot more. Um, they give me so much source material to ask people about. <laughs> like what, what's so going bad. through your mind while you're watching all this stuff unfold? Are you like, 
how <laughs> how are they getting away with it type of thing I, you know what was going through my head was only these two could get away with it. Yeah, That's yeah. what I was saying to myself. These two are the only two that could pull that off. Everyone else would have been canceled. So uh, even beyond that, you've worked Black Label Pro, Warrior, UWN for the NWA title. So you were getting out there. I mean, you had to had to wash the stink off of Talking Choppa Mania, obviously. <laughs> so you're, you're doing this stuff. And I remember I was talking to, to Mikey of uh, Black Label Pro, and he's like, at the time, I think he had said that there was a plan for him to book you against Ethan Page because he was like, man, I want the world to see what those two can do in like 15 to 20 minutes. Unfortunately, that didn't get to happen, but you're you're getting to have like 15, 20-minute matches again. How did that feel after maybe, uh, you know, not not quite as as a creatively satisfying period for you? You know what, man? That was Black Label Pro too. Warrior Wrestling Black Label Pro really kind of like like it, it invigorated me in a way that I hadn't been felt yet. Whereas like I wrestled cheeseburger at uh, warrior wrestling and we went in and had an entirely different match that I'm used to. It was very technical. He wanted to try all this stuff out. I was like, yeah, what do I care? Let's do it. And then we did it. It was fun. And then black label pro was against Tom Lawler. And like, we were in the back and we were calling this match. And then we both looked at each other and we're like, you want to just kick the shit out of each other? And yeah. we both went, yes, yes, that's what we want to do. And that match, again, it was one of those matches where we did it. And I was like, oh, these are the type of matches I want to have. This is what I want to do. I want to feel that energy. And it was just like, and then getting that match with, because I told Mikey, I was like, if you book me, book me against people that can go because I don't want to phone it in. I'm not looking for that. I actually just worked New South. They said the same thing. They're like, do you, do you mind wrestling twice? There'll be very easy matches. I was like, first of all, I don't mind wrestling twice. Second of all, do not book me in easy matches. I'm not looking for that. So they booked me against Dan housing. And then Dan housing comes to me and goes, I want to have a killer match. And I was like, yes, let's do it. So like, I'm glad there's this idea going around that this, these are the type of matches I'm trying to have because at the, I'm, I don't want to phone it in at all. I want to go out there and kill it. I want people to know when they go see a Mike Bennett match, they're in for something really cool. Little did you know that Dan Helsen's idea of a killer match was him punching you in the groin for 13 minutes straight. No, or pinching me, pinching me in the groin and then teeth. That's what it was. He's a brilliant guy, like out separate of that stuff, not to pull back the curtain too much on him, but what a brilliant guy. Like I was at, I've interviewed him twice this year already, but, and I've got another one in the can where he just rates my action figures and I saw his table of merch and I was like, this guy's brilliant. Yeah, dude, between, so this, this past weekend, I got to work him and I got to work Effie and between those two, my mind was blown. Like, I'm like, He's one of the smartest guys I've ever met in wrestling. Reinventing the game. And I just was like, I said to him too, I'm like, I'm, I'm honored because I respect you so much on what you're doing. Like I, I'm learning from you. And I was just blown away. They're, they're taking what they have and they're just completely changing the way we do it. I love it, man. I'm really liking to see some of the people that you're working on the independence as well, because you're, you're a guy who's got experience working television on so many different platforms and you got a guy like Fuego, who is really starting to come in his own, and he's getting a lot of attention. Like, he's all over the Sammy Guevara vlogs and all that, and he's starting to develop a following. And, I mean, they're, you're a hell of a person to have around in that sense. There's, there's nothing that's going to be beyond task for you because you've worked TV everywhere. How has it been working with, with some of this talent that you probably didn't get to beforehand? 
it's, you know, it's cool. And I think it's always really humbling for me because when I get to work these guys, they're always like, oh, I, I'm so excited to work with you. And in my head, because of what I'm trying to do and what I've been watching lately, I'm excited to work yeah. them too. And I'm like, no, I'm excited to have your match. I'm excited to do what you want to do. So it's, it's this really kind of neat, like combination of guys being like, oh, you can teach me. And then me being like, no, but you can also teach me because I want to be able to have these types of matches and to pull more out of myself while in turn, maybe I can teach you how to slow it down a little, pay attention to the cameras, do this, do that, that you might not have learned yet. So it's really this cool dynamic. And I'm glad you brought up Fuego. That dude is awesome. He needs to be signed somewhere now. He is so incredibly talented. So uh, obviously you have these and like every single match I see you booked in, I'm like, that's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. Because Cheeseburger and Tom Lawler are not the same. But no. a lot of people don't know that Cheeseburger can do the type of thing that, that he does and he did in Warrior Wrestling. And then, right. like, it's it's J.R. Kratos, who I became familiar with because of Bloodsport. Like, there's yeah. such a variety of styles. And WWE has that as well. Like, if you want to knock the shit out of somebody, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, they're fine with that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly, too. He'll knock yeah. the shit out of you if you want it. I, I actually wanted to ask about uh, the greatest Royal Rumble. I'm always fascinated about Royal Rumble matches. Yeah. And, like, how how is – I mean, I know that's the only Royal Rumble in WWE you were in. How right. was that put together? How did that, that maybe differ from traditional battle royals in WWE? Because that one seems like it would take a little bit longer, but I've had other people say – well, it wasn't that bad. It was, like I think it was Sin Cara that was telling me, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It was. It was. There was a formula that they followed to make it happen. But what do you remember about that? Yeah, I, I'm kind of going to go with 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 Jorge there and say that there was a there was a formula that they very much followed, where it was like they knew, like they knew we were going to line up certain guys, and then those guys were going to get eliminated. But for me, <laughs> for me, it was easy because uh, here's a scoop. They came right in and they were like, all right, Mike, you're, I don't remember what number I was, a fifth, sixth, maybe out of 12. I have no idea. But they go, you have the bushwhacker spot. And I went, oh, awesome. And everyone knew what that was. I went, so hold on. You flew me away from my two-week-old daughter so I could come to do the bushwhacker. Okay. Thank God you're paying me a lot of money for that because- yeah. And I remember like I was getting ready. I was oiling up in the trainer room and uh, Orton, who's always <laughs> been so good to me. I don't know why, but he's always gone above and beyond and just been so kind to me. Um, he's like, Hey, what? Like, he's always, a, he was always the guy that was like, I, I hope you get in a spot. Like I hope yeah. and see. And like, um, and so I'm oiling up, I'm getting ready. And Orton comes in. He's like, Oh, what are you doing in the rumble? I was like, I got the bushwhacker spot. And he just stopped and he went, <laughs> really? And I went, yeah. He's like, I was like, I'm going to make the most of it. He's like, it's all you can do. You know, it was just one of those things. But like, so I, I was just like, I'm going to come out. I talked to Mark Henry. I was like, here's what we're going to do. Cool. Whatever. And at, at the end of the day, you just gotta, you gotta laugh it off and make the most of it. So it's funny. You mentioned this. I, I collect these rumble stories and like it every year I'm doing an inside the Royal rumble feature. I spoke what? to the bushwhackers for the next edition. <laughs> so I'm going to be able to group this. Yes. like and like a chapter and yeah. i mean you got you did you all did get pretty big paydays for that though right yeah no they 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 took care of us they uh and then it 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 progressively started getting uh to the point where guys were like well we're not going to go over it i mean once mm-hmm. all the news started to break and all that stuff a lot of guys were kind of like 
we're not going over unless you pay us more. Cause a lot of guys didn't feel safe sure. or a lot of guys didn't want to, cause they morally, they felt wrong. I, I was one of them. I was like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with what went down anymore. And of it's course. like, you, you have to, you have to make this worth my while as a, as a dad, if I'm going to leave my kids, it's got to be worth my while. Do you remember the sumo guy that came in right after you? Yes. That yes. was, that was very random. You're so random. But I, so what I've heard is they wanted Yokozuna. Yes. What I heard is they wanted Yokozuna and someone had to explain to the prince that he was no longer alive. So they were like, just get, just get any, any sumo wrestler. So when I heard that, I told Falaba, I was like, you better be telling Impact. Pony up the dough. Because I'm in demand. I can pull off Yokozuna. Yeah. <laughs> they were also going to do a, um, a Hornswoggle match, too, that they ended up cutting. So they actually brought over a guy who's, his name's Robbie Arujo, who's an uh, independent wrestler. They flew him over there, and he did nothing. He was supposed to wrestle Hornswoggle, flew him over there. He did absolutely nothing. I didn't know that at all. But, I know who yeah, you're talking yeah. about because uh, yeah. his, his gimmick is that he's the giant, Robbie the Giant Aruja. I remember – like, I think he did JBL like, yeah. uh, or JWL or whatever they were doing at the time. Yes. But, yeah, they brought him over, and then they just completely canned it. But that's amazing. So <laughs> as we wrap up, we'll wrap up on a positive note. Instead of burying people here, we like to do shooting softly, where I ask you to say nice things about people that you may have worked with in the past. And we'll start start off with the guy that you teamed with quite a bit, Tony Nese. Uh, He's so underrated. So underrated. The dude, um, he's just, he creates things in the ring, like moves, and for his look, um... I just underrated. That's the most I, he, he doesn't get the, the credit he deserves at all. A guy that you've uh, worked with a couple times lately, the beer city bruiser. <laughs> you know what blows me away about beer city is how well that guy moves in the ring mm-hmm. for his size. He moved like uh, whenever I wrestle him and I'm in there, I feel like I'm in, in there with a guy the size of me. Then he hits me with like a cross body and I'm like, yep, not the same size as me. I can't breathe now. But he um, that dude moves very well for a guy his size. I learned an awful lot from my interview with him. Like he's he's a very knowledgeable guy. And I think that's that's pretty yeah. cool. I don't uh, think a lot of people know that either. Yeah. How about uh, Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona? Broski. Uh, you know what? He made so much of my time at WWE enjoyable because again, we were, uh, two people that were glued together for either dark matches, house shows or main event. And like, we both had this mentality that we were just going to go out there and kill it every night. And like, he was the one who drilled that in my head. He's like, the only way you can change things around here is if you kill it every single night. And so we did that. We'd go out and have these six minute matches on main event where we're bumping on the floor, soup, like craziness. And like, and, and it just, that made my time there so much more memorable. Somebody who you and Maria actually worked at, at her apex, really Becky Lynch. Oh, Becky's great, man. I just, I don't honestly, what a sweetheart. I just, there's, there's literally not enough nice things you can say about her. And like when we were doing that angle, uh, with Maria announcing she was pregnant and everything. The only person right out of the gate that was uncomfortable was Becky because she didn't want us to do it because we felt like we had to do it. And she was very much like, are you guys comfortable with this? Do you guys want to do it? Like she was in a spot where she could pull that around and she came to us to make sure we were comfortable with it, which in my eyes just 
she's over forever in my book. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and, and a guy that, unfortunately, we lost last year. I know you got to work him several times. Brody Lee, Luke Harper. Man, um, first of all, God rest his soul, man. What? But like, what else can I say that hasn't been said about the dude? Like he just, he made everything around him fun. Just fun. I think my, if someone says, what's your best memory about being around Brody? I never stopped laughing. Genuinely, I never stopped laughing. Even in the ring. We, we were, again, uh, me, him, and Rowan were glued together on, on a European tour. And that tour, I think I spent the entire time laughing on the apron because he was next to me, just ribbing on Connor, ribbing on Rowan, <laughs> ribbing on Spears. And I'm just dying. And I'm like, I got to be a professional. And I don't know how to next to this guy. But um, I, I just, I love that guy to death. I love hearing stories like that. And you've got plenty of them. We're going to have to talk again soon. But guys, Mike Bennett, tell the people where they can find you, where they can follow you. Yeah, please uh, follow me on Twitter at Real Mike Bennett. Uh, please be nice to me. No, um, and then on <laughs> Instagram, uh, the Real Michael Bennett. And I just put out a documentary about a month ago uh, where I traveled the Indies. It's on uh, ASY TV YouTube. Just type in ASY or type in I love this shit, Mike Bennett. That's the name. It's like two hours it. long. It's very raw, very real. It's not fancy. It just follows me along as I do this. And I'm really proud of it. Um, it was a cool little moment. So check that out and watch Ring of Honor, ROHwrestling.com. That's the best place to look for where you can find it. Guys, we will have links to all that on this interview. Mike Bennett, thank you so much. Thank you, dude. I always appreciate you having me on. You're the best. I appreciate it. Until next time, guys, we're out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.